out the Junior High Ministry Podcast at Mariner's Church. For this and more content, check us out online at marinerschurch.org slash jhm. Man, the energy in the room. Love it. Love you guys. <laughs> okay, keeping it to myself. See you guys afterwards. All right, have a seat. Have a seat. Thanks for being here today, guys. I'm super, super excited. Yes, we probably need some extra chairs. <laughs> hey, dude, what's up? All right, all right. Let's quiet down. We're going to shift gears here a little bit. Twins are wearing the same shirt today, kind of. <laughs> all right, we're going to shift gears here just for a little bit. As soon as it quiet down, just a little bit. Clanking chairs. That means we have lots of students, and I love it. Thank you guys for being here today. You know, whether it's your first time, or maybe your second time, or your third time, I'm so excited that you're here. Today is going to be a different sort of day here. This is why. I was thinking about this message that I'm going to talk about today, and if, for some reason, if the junior high staff came to me and said, hey, Alex, you have one message to to preach on today. You have one thing that you can talk to these junior hires about. One message. What is it going to be? Today is that day. That's why I'm so excited. This message I'm going to be talking about today is of the utmost importance to our lives. So I'm so happy that you guys made it today. We are starting a new series. Does anyone want to guess what the series is called? Go. How did you know? Oh, it says it everywhere. Yeah, weird how everything just says love without walls. Believe it or not, the, uh, the senior pastor, his name is Kenton Beshore, his wife actually wrote a book called Love Without Walls. And this church didn't always look like this, didn't always have this building, like this awesome student center. It didn't always have this awesome worship center and these office buildings and, and all this sort of amazing landscaping. It didn't always look that way. The church actually had to go through some ebbs and flows, some good times, some bad times, in order to get to what it looks like today. And that's what the whole, whole book is about. And believe it or not, we structured a series, a three-week series, for what it looks like for us to join the story of the church, to not just look at it and say, this is an amazing building that we have here, but rather to look at it and say, I want to take this church somewhere. I want to take it somewhere and make it look a certain way. And you junior hires, you guys are in the middle of it. And that's why I'm so excited today. So pray with me before we get started. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for this building. Thank you for the students that came here. God, I pray that you speak to them in a different sort of way today, a way that, that they say, I, I get it, I understand, and that they leave uh, with a better understanding of who you are. We pray this in your name. Amen. All right. So we, you guys in your breakout groups drew these amazing pictures of God. And I'm going to show you some of them. Believe it or not, I've learned one thing by doing this three services, that you guys are terrible artists. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just saying. I've seen better pictures. Like, I don't. You wait and look and show me. Thanks, sir. Here we. Okay, sixth. They wrote sixth grade on the sixth. All right, sixth grade. We got um, hearts. And we got God having hearts, love. I'm guessing that represents love, right? And we have here, here's one with cr a crown and like something, love, a clouds. It says love, peace, happiness. I mean, what, it, I mean, okay, not bad, not bad. Let's move on to the next group. We got, I don't know what group this was, but the first thing I noticed is a hamburger. 
the first thing I see is a hamburger. God, for some reason, for these guys, was a hamburger. We have here angels and clouds, you know, yeah, faces, beards, must. For some reason, God and mustaches and big beards, it just, it just goes together. That's why I'm trying to grow something, I guess. I don't know. Okay, this one's a good one. It's one giant picture. All right. Yeah. One. They all said you will collaborate and make the best. This says JC. Yeah. JC right there, baby. Very strong, it looks like. We got a cross. Naturally, Jesus or God would wear a cross necklace, right? That's what we, right? Beard. There's the, a halo. God is, has a halo in this picture. All right. Nice job. Let's move on to this one. I'm not sure what, what's happening here. A, bur a burning bush. Nice. That's good. Here's one. I can't tell. Holding a Bible or something down here. We got this one with radiant clouds coming from it. Or so, I don't know. Not, not, not bad. Okay. We need to talk about this one. Okay. We'll just skip that one. Put that one down. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what happened. I think it was the eighth grade guys. And ugh. Okay, this one. Pac-Man. Pac-Man. Right here says Jesus right here, holding arms open with a Dallas Cowboys jersey. I mean, naturally, with a football in hand. Over here, over here it says, okay, this one says, I am God. And it says, YOLO. But then this one right here, this is great. This one says, Yolt, you only live twice for, for God, right? Not bad. Okay. It seems as though we all have these pictures of God, and they all have to do with very distinct things. They all kind of have to do with beards, mustaches, lightning, thunder, clouds, halos, anything majestic that we can kind of think of. And this is... Always, in Greek mythology, in the ancient world, they have pictures of God. So I went to Google, and I typed in G-O-D, God, and this is what came up. Right, this picture, like, pointy fingers, like this, I'm God, uh, I'm God, looking at angels kind of around him. This is him kind of coming out of the clouds, arms open, you know, I'm God, majesty. God, this is a video game, I guess. God has, like, a knife, you know, like, God in our world has some sort of knife. Ah, God. Holding open a dragon, you know, dragons are coming and God will, will stop the dragon's mouth from closing, right? That's a good one. Morgan Freeman, right? I mean, that's just God and Morgan Freeman. For some reason, it goes so well together. Right, here's, here's a good one. Clouds, lightning bolts. This is like Zeus, I think, you know, Poseidon. There, uh, that's Poseidon. I don't know. But the reality is, you guys, in our world, we have these pictures of God. And most of the time, it has to do with lightning bolts, clouds. It has to do with big beards. Shh, hey, guys, quiet down, quiet down, quiet down. I know it's awesome to think of lightning bolts coming out of fingers, right? But that's the picture that we have of God. So for some reason, pitchforks and like Poseidon and, and that sort of thing, and God is going to be this majestic picture. But the Bible actually paints a very different picture of this being that we call God. And so we're going to actually dive into that and figure out what the Bible says about God. Different characteristics that make up this person that we know of as God or Jesus Christ. 
So let's check this out. Let's open up to Philippians. If you guys have your Bibles, I know most of you don't bring them. Please bring them. It would be awesome if you could follow with us in your Bible. But it says Philippians 2.6. Jesus Christ. That's who we're talking about here. Who, being in the very nature of God, Jesus Christ, who was God, did not consider equality with God something to be taken to his own advantage. So this, the scripture starts out with this first characteristic, characteristic of God. It says, Jesus who came to earth in God form, in, in, in human form. God came to earth in human form, but he, and he was God. He was this all-powerful, put the planet in motion, put the stars in the sky, this all-powerful God. But it says he didn't use that to his own advantage. Now, first off, this is, this is so contradictory to what our world says, right? If you have status, you're going to use it. If you are the president, if you are Justin Bieber, right, when you go to your shows, you are going to have bodyguards, you are going to have a certain amount of things in your back room behind stage, a certain amount of Skittles, Twinkie, whatever, sandwiches, that sort of thing. Our world says if you have status, you need to use it to your own advantage. And we get this picture that God came to earth and he said, I'm not going to use my godness at my own advantage. Let's look at it this way. Imagine this scene with me. I'm going out to play football, okay? I'm running out to the field. I got my, I got my, my big pads on, and I'm going out there. And, and first play, I'm on defense, right? So I'm playing, I'm playing linebacker. And out comes, the, out comes the other team, and they throw a pass, uh, and they catch it. And I just go up, and I lay this kid out, put him on the ground, and it's a six-year-old. Can you imagine that? If I was playing football with a bunch of six-year-olds, and I'm out here like, woo, take off my shirt, eat it, oh, yeah, you stink, I rock, you know, spit in their face and be like, oh, I'm so much better than you and tackling on, batting the balls down all the time. That's just not what I'm going to do. That's what I call using my adultness to my advantage. And in reality, when we actually play those sports, we go out those six-year-olds and we kind of, here you go, and you know, fluffy bunnies and, you know, clouds, all that kind of stuff. And we, we place them on the ground, and we, you know, oh, wow, that was such a good play. The reality is, you don't go out there and you just start owning them when you play football with a six-year-old. You play to, what to the game that they're playing. And that's kind of the picture that we get here in Philippians. God did not use his godness to his own advantage. Rather, he did something else. Next verse. 7. It says, rather. So instead of God doing that, it says, he made himself, everyone say this together. What word? He made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. So we get this picture of God that he comes down in human form. And he says, okay, I, we think maybe if God came down as a king, right, that'd be a pretty good step down. I mean, from God to king, at least a king would still rule their own land. At least they'd still rule over a certain amount of people, right? But, but, Jesus, but God said, no, no, I'm not going to come down as a king. He's saying, okay, maybe you could have stepped down as, as a prince. We got God, you know, and then king, and then maybe like a prince. But God didn't come down as a prince. Okay, maybe God could have come down as like a priest, right? So you got God, a prince, maybe like a priest. That's pretty high up on the, on the social status. They're very religious. They're very, you know, they know a lot about God. He could have come down like three steps down the ladder. God said, no, I'm going to come down as the lowest of the lows, a human being. And not only a human being, but a servant to those humans. 
I'm not going to come down as a king, and I'm not even going to come down as God in human flesh saying, everybody, look at me. Look at me. I'm God. Check out everything I can do. He says, I'm going to come down as a human, and I'm going to serve other humans. I'm going to be a humble servant. But not only that, when God comes down in human form, we learn something very, very profound about this person that we call Jesus Christ, who is God. We learn that if God was a human, that means he has, he has gone through what we've been through. When he, he says, you guys are struggling, I've been through that. People don't like you. I've been through that. It's not like Jesus, God came as a, as a dog, right? Could we relate to a dog in any way? If God came down as a dog, we would be like, have you guys ever, people are like, this is my dog, they like this kind of food, and they like to play in the yard. You don't know your dog, like you maybe know another human being. Check out this video I found on YouTube. Food. You know, I just couldn't stop thinking about it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I went to the fridge, and I opened up the meat drawer. You know what the meat drawer is, right? Yeah. What was in there? Well, I'll tell you what was in there. You know that bacon that's like maple? It's got maple flavor. The maple kind, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I took that out, and I thought, yeah. I know who would like that. Me. So I ate it. Oh, no. You're kidding me. Nope. Not kidding. You know, I also noticed there was some beef in there. Yeah, you know, steak, you know, juicy. Well, I ate that, too. <laughs> but I went back to the fridge just a few minutes ago, and I put something together really special. You're going to love this one. I took some chicken. Yeah. I put some, yeah, I yeah. put some cheese on it, and I covered it with... Covered it with what? I covered it with cat treats. Yeah. Then guess what? What? I gave it to the cat. <laughs> so, it's this, just this, this stupid video of a guy kind of overdubbing a dog, just moving his mouth up and down, as if you were to have a conversation with a dog. And none of us have ever had a conversation with a dog. And none of us have ever had, if you, uh, you've never, okay, you could have had some sort of make-believe conversation with a dog, but you've never had a conversation with a dog compared to one you've had with your friends, compared to one with, you've had with your family. And we, it's hard for us to communicate with anything else to any animal of that matter, except for other humans. There's something about us being relatable. For God being saying, I'm going to come as a human so that I can relate to you, so that I can understand you. But not only that, so you can understand me. I'm not going to come down as anything else but a human being. Let's continue in this verse in Philippians, Philippians 2.8. And being found in appearance of a man, like we've been talking about, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. What does it mean to be obedient to death? Anybody? Like you obey till you die? Okay. Anyone else? Brooke, Brooklyn? You are obedient. So just big stickers with obedience. What does it mean to be obedient to death? Anyone? Exactly. Right on. You, perfect. When you're obedient to your parents, they say, clean your room. What do you do after your parents say, clean your room? What do you do? You go and clean your room. That means being obedient to your parents. So if God, if Jesus, in God's form, 
came to earth and said, I'm going to be obedient to death. Jesus said, I'm going to die as humans die. I'm not, I'm not going to maybe just, I mean, God could have probably been like, I'm not, I don't want to die. And right before he died, he just, you know, oh, I'm alive again, that sort of thing in, in human form. He said, I'm not going to do that. And not only that, he said, I'm going to even die on a cross. In our world, a cross is this picture of like, man, God, Jesus is just awesome on this cross. He's, it's, it's this beautiful spiritual symbol for us. And rightly, it should be. But in the ancient world, a cross only led one place. There was no avoiding, after you were on the cross, there was no avoiding death. And it was the most excruciating death there ever was, is death on a cross. And Jesus said, I'm going to be obedient to that sort of death. I'm not going to die in my old age. I'm not going to die from, you know, just from natural causes. But I'm going to die the most excruciating pain. Let's continue in Philippians. Philippians 2, 9 through 11. Therefore, God, ex God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Our world paints this picture that says, if you want to be known, if you want to be honored, you need to move your way up the social ladder. You need to drive nice cars. So when people look at you, they say, that guy has everything together. That person has some sort of status because he drives a nice car. I want a big house so that all my neighbors can look at me and say, dang, what is that guy doing? He, man, I'm, let's just look at, it, look at him. Look at everything he's doing. In God's world, the people who get acknowledged are those who humble themselves and serve others as Jesus did. When I um I was I was driving this weekend to uh, this past week to Saddleback and I was driving up with Jared Kirkwood, the pastor here. And uh, he was telling me about this this high school group that he had that that they formed when he was doing high school ministry a couple years ago. And they were like Let, high school was like let's form a group in our school. And they were like, you know what well, let's meet and let's have Bible studies, that sort of thing. And Jared said, what if we didn't do that? What if we didn't meet formally and, and talk about the Bible and only have a certain amount of six people that we talk to. But what if our meeting times were maybe after football games? We'd go and clean the field. What if our, what if our meetings were at lunchtime? We'd go and we'd help the, the janitorial staff clean up the mess that the students have made. What if we came to school early and made sure that it just looked nice? They went to the school and they said, hey, we want to form this group. The school was so taken back, they've never seen a group that wanted to do this, wanted to actually serve the school. There was not one group that ever wanted to do this. That is the picture that God has painted for us. Let's look at what Mark says about this. Jesus called them together. So here's Jesus talking. God is talking to his disciples. You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. So God steps down. Not so that I can step up, but so that I can step down with him. God did not step down all this way to be a servant so that we can look at him and say, 
oh man, that's awesome what he did. Now watch me move up the social ladder. Rather, God said, I'm stepping down. And hold on to me with an unrelenting persistence. And walk with me as we go down this journey together. As we serve the world. Because that's where the true recognition lies. It's not about winning sports games. Though you might, your friends might look at you and your world might say, that's great, you're doing awesome. Are you serving the world? That is where you will be recognized. We went through this huge verse in Philippians. It talked, to us, it talked to us about characteristics of God. But we missed a major part. I didn't show you it purposefully. So we're going to go back. The three verses before those verses in Philippians, this is what it says. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but to each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. And then it goes on to list all these characteristics of Jesus Christ. That verse was not written so that we can understand Jesus. It was written so that we can go with Jesus. We can serve the world with him. That's why this was written. Junior hires, you guys are in sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. You guys, will for, you guys will soon go on to high school and college. If you guys understand this, and serving is not just, serving is not just, hey, I'm going to go and serve and then go about my business. Serving is literally our battle cry to say, I'm following Jesus. That is what I'm known for. It's not this, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to serve. That's what, it's, it's our battle cry to say, Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my Lord. John 20, 21, last verse. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. Jesus has said, I'm sending you. Let's go into our world, let's serve, and let's glorify God in that way. So I want, I want the band to come back up. We're actually going to... Um, we're going to have a, a, a small time for response. And then we're going to sing one last song. But during this response time, I want you guys to think of something in your life. I want you to look at your, think of your schools, your families, your friends. Think of your community that you live in. And I want you to think of the needs that, that are out there. Maybe you can think of some sort of road that is just, there's just trash everywhere. It needs to be cleaned up. Maybe there's a need your neighbor has that they're just struggling Jesus is saying, let's go out there and let's meet those needs. Let's be humble servants. So you're going to get this little piece of paper. Hopefully we have enough. And each of you are going to get one, and it's going to be these little name tags. I want you to come up here, and I want you to stick it either here on this middle one or on this one. And I want you to write that, what that need is. And we're going to put, post these on the wall. And over time, we'll be able to look at these and say, these are the needs in our community. Our, our world needs junior hires to say, I am going to serve just as Jesus did. So as soon as you guys get that, come on up here and, and, and put it up here on, the, on one of these boards, okay? So I'm going to pray for us, and then let's do that. God, I pray that Today during this response time, God, that, that it's not about anything else but glorifying your name, 
being servants to your world that you created. God, but holding on to you, coming side by side with you and taking every step that you took. God, this is our battle cry. This is us saying we are going to go into the world and we are going to be humble servants as you were. Amen. So as soon as you guys write those, come on up here, put them on the board, and then we're going to do something else. I talked about how this thing that we call service, this thing that we call service is our battle cry. And the best way that we can glorify God is to serve. And so this is what I want you guys to do. Let's all stand up. And we're going to sing one last song. I want you guys to think about the words. Bring glory to God. 
So let's let's rock out. Let's sing one more song.
sure you sign up if you haven't yet. If you haven't signed up, we will not see you. Have a good week.